Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and the things we hate and the things we love to hate. Coming to you live from being tired on a weeknight yet again. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Also coming to you live from a blanket cocoon. I don't know if you can hear that. Can you hear the blanket? I mean, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Are those the little Higgies knitting corner vibes just like mm-hmm. coming straight through the microphone at you? <laughs> I think you need some ambient lighting down there to really. Oh yeah! What if I got like you know those color backlights that everybody gets on like their TVs? Mm-hmm. What if I like set that up behind my recording no, station? Those color lights, and are then trash. you just have to like look at my <laughs> rainbow face. I can't. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will leave this podcast. Uh, I'd like to see you try. Oh, I know. <laughs> Um, all right, what's what's our core core this week? Let's head to the core core. Um I have a core core, I guess. Um Men and Kilts started this week. Mm, I still haven't watched it. With the hottest and tallest man of all time, which is yes. the like real takeaway here. Yeah. Um we'll do an episode at some point. I have some thoughts. <laughs> Kelsey keeps teasing all um, of her thoughts, and I keep not being able to watch it. It's driving me crazy. Even though I left it for you on the DVR, like a good, I've good friend. I've had to do so much homework. I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not my fault that you haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't it, though? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now who's a prisoner of the podcast? <laughs> Uh, um this is a teaser you guys just don't know it yet yeah but we um oh i issued a content warning to kirsty yes yeah is it time for that well i was gonna say the content warning i issued was about sam hewan and turtlenecks because that's like a (laughs) a trigger for Uh, you yeah yeah (laughs) you did send me that warning (laughs) Like, there's a lot. Like, at least half the episode is turtlenecks. You know what's great about that is um, I'm not the only person out there who has an affinity for Sam Ewan wearing turtlenecks. So <laughs> I don't want to say that you're in the minority here. I'm just saying I'm not alone. Okay, but are you the only one who has a, like, general fetish for turtlenecks? Okay, we don't go that far. <laughs> To be clear, not that far away from it either. <laughs> I feel like there is a lot of middle ground between like <laughs> okay, turtleneck fair. fetish and fair. like happens to think turtlenecks look nice sometimes. <laughs> like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> like not to kink shame anyone. Like, I'm just saying you over years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, one time I was like, hey, there's a scene in this movie from 1996 where a man looks good in a turtleneck, and Kelsey was like, this is your personality now. Well, because your husband wears turtlenecks. (laughs) (laughs) And I never said he looked good in a turtleneck. (laughs) 
boy. He's a practical man trying to stay warm. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Dairy, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my Okay. All right. Okay, so my content warning was also about future content that we've been talking about, Kirsty. Okay. I'm going to do a live content pitch to you right now for the people. Okay, okay. okay. And if we hate this idea, we're going to stop right now and just jump into Kirsty's Quarkor and you'll never know what it is. So. Okay, great. <laughs> you know how we're talking about doing a railroad-specific show? Yes. In the future. Yes. Okay, what if we do, like, a railroad doubleheader? Okay. Because... I was looking at Love Productions, which is a teaser to what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> oh, boy. I was looking at their back catalog, and they produced the biggest little railway, railway in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is a team of 56 model railway enthusiasts and engineers led by Dick Strawbridge, who attempt to do what our Victorian forebears could not, build a railway connecting Fort William with Inverness... The only difference is that they're doing it in miniature, building the world longest model railway in the world at 71 miles. <laughs> Help. I got lost somewhere in there. <laughs> so Dick Strawbridge and 56 model railway enthusiasts and engineers are building the model railway between Fort William and Inverness, which is somehow an Outlander reference. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and we might watch it. That's all so, I'm gonna say. It's basically gonna be like my life on the rails, except yeah. now it's our life. <laughs> <laughs> with Dick Strawbridge. <laughs> our life on the rails with Dick Strawbridge. Oh my god, could you imagine being on a train with Dick Strawbridge? No, I don't want that kind of... There would be a lot of energy on one no. train. Yeah, no. <laughs> so they're, they're not building, like, a model of Fort William and Inverness. They're taking, like, the real Fort William and the real Inverness, and they're building a model train. I Between think... the two. That's 71 real-life miles of model train. Yeah, I believe that's happening. Okay. For 12 days, they must camp by the track as it extends across Scotland. Okay. <laughs> Crossing rivers and scaling mountains as they devise engineering solutions to anything the Highlands can throw at them. Engineering solutions. A joyful celebration of British eccentricity. Yes. Correct. <laughs> oh my God. Here's here's my question. Why was this not featured in an episode of Men with Kilts? I don't know, but we're going to bring everything together on this here podcast, this guys. Is, you know, this is the intersection of Outlander and Men in Kilts <laughs> and Escape to the Chateau and Love Production. Kelsey and I have spent a lot of time over the, what's it been, like five years, six years that we've had this podcast? Yep. Talking about, like, what our brand is and, like, tr like, we're not trying to do too much of anything, but I think we've, like, done a little soul searching on, like, yeah. what's the cohesion here? Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, 
Dick Strawbridge builds a model train across the Scottish Highlands. And you think, well, that's it somehow. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I, yeah, get excited. We're going to become train people for a little while. <laughs> We're going to have train month. It's like, We're going to have train month. <laughs> Hey, watch this infrastructure week. Yeah. <laughs> you know I what's mean, really I'm funny about it. that is I think, and I could be wrong, but I think there's actually a third train-themed show that I um, had on our list at one point that now I'll have to go back and confirm that it exists. Mm. We really could do infrastructure week. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. So. Uh, this is great. I yeah. love this. Thank you this for pitching that. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, what, what is your core core? That's it. That's my core core. Experiencing that. Okay, great. That was it. That was my whole week in quarantine. <laughs> Glad to be the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. Um, speaking of our lives in quarantine, should we talk about a television show we watched? Mm-hmm. All right. We should. What... British eccentricity are we talking about this week? Um, we're talking about the eccentricity that is the Great British Sewing Bee. <laughs> An offshoot, obviously, of the Great British Bake Off. Also a Love Productions creation. Amazing. <laughs> no trains to be seen so far. Correct. But you never know. You, you can never be too sure. No. With the Brits, apparently. Yeah. You can also yeah. never be too sure about their streaming availability because <laughs> I learned the hard way that BBC is only hosting the celebrity episodes of the Great British Sewing Bee right now. Celebrity so episodes? To, yeah, so I had to watch it via a Canadian stream for a channel that they're that may or may not exist. It says it's in free preview right now and it's called like Makeful and it's just taking all the making series like this and putting them on one channel which like 10 out of 10 would subscribe, but, like... Like, HGTV except crafting shit. Yeah. So they have, like, making it, they have pottery, they've got bake-off, they've got sewing, they've got some other shit. Okay, so unfortunately that channel slaps. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, like, ready to, like, bring down the hammer, and it's no. like, well, whoops, that's a good idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but their website is, like, steaming hot garbage, so... Yeah, I don't doubt that. Yeah, I'll I'll get into the trials and tribulations of that experience, yeah. but you watched a lot of it. I watched series one, because it's British and they don't call them seasons. Yeah. Um, series one is four episodes, and it aired in 2013, so it's old now. It's only four episodes. Yeah, which explains Ooh. why I felt like it went so fast. Yeah. Um, they were hour-long episodes. I don't know if that's... Mine were, too. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I watched all of that, and that's as far as I made it. Although, um, I would watch more of it. We'll probably get into that. Yeah. But. How many people were on yours, if it was four? Was it, like, Please a full hold. deck, or was it, like, did it feel small? Um, yes, they had... No, they had a full team of people... I don't know how many. Um, I could figure it out. But they 
Um, one person got ill randomly in the first episode and then just, like, never returned. Mm-hmm. She, like, leaves in the middle of the first challenge because she's, like, mysteriously not feeling well. And then they just never talk about her again yeah. until the where is she now at the end. <laughs> that happens <They> do. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in the second episode, they booted two people. Mm. And then I think in the third episode, they only had to get rid of one. And then in the fourth episode, there were three. Got it. So if I did math, I could tell you how many people that was. Like ten-ish. Yeah, something, something like that. Like, that? Okay. like a normal a normal yeah. number of contestants. Um Though I got to say four episodes feels right strangely. There's three mm. challenges. I don't know if if they changed the format. I'm assuming not too much because it's basically the same format as Great British Bake Off. Um but there's three challenges per episode. There is like a pattern challenge where they're given a pattern out of a packet and they just have to make the thing um and the idea is to test like basic skills the second challenge is something else something they have the one i watched it was like a alterations challenge alterations that's what it is you're right sorry alterations so they like buy something ready to wear and then they have to, like, make it cute somehow. Yeah. And that's to, like, show off their creativity and, like, other random dressmaking skills, basically. And then the third challenge is the equivalent of, like, a technical challenge. So they have to, like, make some fancy-ass thing um, fit to a specific model. Yeah. And that, like, in the series I watched, they did... Um, a regular, like, day dress kind of thing. Um, they did a coat, like, a jacket challenge. It's like, some people made blazers, some people made, like, outerwear. Yep. Can't remember what the second episodes was. The first episode was, like, a dress. The second episode was, a sh- oh, a shirt. Like, mm-hmm. a, um, a made-to-measure blouse kind of thing. Yeah. Third was a jacket, and fourth was evening wear, so they had to do, like, a gown. Gotcha. Yep. Nice. Yeah. I think they did, they did, like, skirts in one of mine, and then, that was whole, the... like, Hawaiian men's shirts oh boy. in another one. Yeah. Did you only watch it one episode, or did you watch the season? So I watched this website... <laughs> If you went to random pages, it would sometimes suggest videos below the page. Okay. And in some cases, those are videos for Great British Sewing Bee. Wait, what's the website? It was, like, Makeful. But you're in the... I don't know how it works Oh, because I don't have the VPN. Mm. But I... There was no way to just, like, go to a menu to view all of the videos for the Sewing Bee. You just had to, like, find them. So this looks literally 100% like the um, Soap Queen website. Mm. Yeah. So fortunately, the first episode of Series 4 was up, mm-hmm. which was like a great entry point. And then there was an episode 2 that was unlabeled that I found somewhere else. So I watched that tonight because I had some time to burn. And <laughs> turns out it was from the like reboot in 2019. Oh. 
so different hosts, same general concept, but it was not like the same <laughs> season that I'd been watching. So couldn't find any more. Don't know where they are. <laughs> if you're in Canada, good luck. <laughs> but I did. I was able to get a good sense of like what this show is. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's it's literally Great British Bake Off. They just sew instead of bake. Yeah, I thought it was like going into it. I thought like if we're on the spectrum of like making shows in this exact format, like sewing is kind of in between baking and pottery because baking yes. baking is like super accessible. Pottery's, yes. like, not that accessible. And not at all. Sewing is, like, kind of in, in between, where it's not, like, something everyone tries. <laughs> right. Uh, but but it was commonplace at some point, and, like, yeah. could be commonplace if people had to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I thought that was interesting. But I gotta say, like, it was my least favorite of this type of show that I've seen is that just because you like don't care about sewing? No, because I don't know. I don't know that I cared as much about pottery before I watched pottery. Either. Yeah, but like you, I mean, I'm gonna say this and it's gonna make it sound like you don't like clothes, and that's not really what I mean. But like you don't like, like you like pottery. You like get excited about pottery. You have yeah. like your little pottery cellars, and like yeah, you did that thing at farmhouse pottery, and so there's like a novelty sure. Sure. to pottery that you appreciate. Sure, that I think is different for most people. Than sure. Handmade clothes. Sure. I think my issue though is not new. <laughs> my issue in the episodes that I watched, and this may not be like true of all episodes, was that like while I thought making clothes would be like visual enough, no, I don't actually not. think that it is. So you have this, like, time where they're telling you what they're going to make, whatever. And then you have this, like, section where it's just a montage of people with sewing machines and, like, pressing the pedals. And it's like, okay. And then they put them on the models and either they fit or they don't. Or they, yep. you know, they look nice or they don't. And you don't get the sense that you do with, like pottery and bake-off, which I think makes them really successful, which is, like, the whole process is very, like, 3D. Yes. <laughs> and visual, and it's, like, you, even without knowing, like, the technicalities of whatever the thing is that you're making, you can see when something's right and something's wrong. And with sewing, you can, but it's only, like, the end result that you're really yes. seeing that, and I think they fail a little bit on filling in that middle section, which maybe they could achieve with more, like, put it on the mannequin, like, you know, like, <laughs> more try-ons in the middle. Yeah. They, I don't know if they did this in any of the episodes you watched, but in all of series one, they do the history lessons, mm -mm. and they also tried this segment that's completely failed. They did a bad job where they, like, they're like, every week, we're gonna show you one easy thing you can sew at home. Oh, God. And so it's, it's like, like old-school bake-off. yeah. Um, and they try to do it in 30 seconds. So, like, the only two I remember was they did a, a pillow and a drawstring laundry bag. Mm. And because they're doing it in, like, 30 seconds every time, it, they're like, cut the fabric. And then sew the fabric. And yeah. then you take a drawstring and put it on a safety pin. And, oh, <laughs> look, you have a laundry bag. And it's like, um, there something happened in the middle. Yeah. 
<laughs> not sure about that. Yeah. Um, so that, like, fills some of the time, which is yeah. good. And I know they try it and then scrap it in every single series that they do, but I wish they would just keep the history lesson. I know. We love the history lesson. I love the history lesson. Um, the one I thought about this because, like, I know to how to sew just enough that I could sort of tell when the sewers were having tension. Yep. Um, but I totally agree with you. Like, it is not a two dimensional sp- or three dimensional sport. Like, yeah. Yeah. you're just watching them all like put fabric together and complain about their patterns. Right. Um, but I did think that one thing that was kind of satisfying. Was that regardless of how much you do or don't know about sewing, when they put the thing on the mannequin or the model and hand it off to the judge, it is easy immediately to see, like, what the judges are going to get uptight about. Yeah. And being able to at least, like, feel smug (laughs) about this thing that you otherwise, like, know nothing about and have no talent for is satisfying. And so if maybe they just needed to have shorter episodes so that you don't, like, maybe if it was Mm -hmm. a half-hour show instead of an hour show. Yeah. I just think they lose some of that tension in the middle. Yeah. Which is, like, fair. you know, it's a product of (laughs) the thing they're showing you how to do. So it's not, like... I don't know how you fix that, really, but... um no. I think that's just an editing yeah. thing. Like, if the episodes were shorter... Yeah. You couldn't watch them so, so much. Right. Um, I think... The other thing that was weird to me... And I know there's technicalities behind it, but it's weird to me that even on, like, the made-to-measure challenges at the end, like the, the showstopper challenges... Yeah. They still just can bring a store-bought pattern. No, those were not store-bought. So what they do with those is they essentially give the contestants the measurements of the models ahead of time. Yeah. And then they give them the week to prepare. Yeah. So they took the measurements of the model and made patterns. And then they brought the patterns with them. And then measured the model again against the patterns that they already made. So the one I watched tonight was the Hawaiian shirt one. And someone Uh literally had, like, the pattern you'd buy at Joanne Fabrics. The, like, Simplicity brand pattern. Yeah. Are you sure that wasn't a first Mm -hmm. challenge? I'm positive. Huh. Which is where I was like, wait. Because I know, like... If you're on Bake Off, like, you're combining recipes from a bunch of different places. Yeah, you're yeah. not necessarily making that from scratch. Pottery, like, you're putting together a plan ahead of time. Fair. But it just seems weird to just be able to go to the craft store and right. buy a pattern in the little envelope <laughs> and bring it in and be like, yeah, this is what I'm making. Yeah. Like, huh. Ooh. It was just weird for that particular challenge. I would totally get it for the other ones, but... Right, right. That is weird. Yeah. Unless they were, like, trying to use that to then, like, alter the pattern, or... I don't know. I don't have a good explanation. It wasn't explained. (laughs) No, it sure wouldn't have been. (laughs) But, I don't know. That was, like... eh. A thing that was interesting to me about those challenges is that without fail... They So they were given all the measurements of the person ahead of time, and then they could make their pattern and practice it, and then they would come in and do the final measurements of the person and make yeah. the real garment. Yeah. 
And every single time, they had to make like a thousand adjustments to the final garment because whatever they had pre-measured or like whatever the specs had been sent to them were like always wrong. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is hilarious. My other favorite thing is in the evening gown episode, the plot twist is that instead of the models that they've had all season, they're like a member of their family is brought in as the model. Oh, yikes. Um, <laughs> but they don't know that. They're just they're just told beforehand, like, oh, you're going to have a surprise model. Here are their measurements. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in all three cases, it was somebody they had made stuff for before. It was, like, one contestant's sister and two other contestants' daughters. And they had made stuff for them before. And in every case, <laughs> the contestant was like, wow, this person has weird measurements. Oh, God. which i appreciate oh man yeah well that's wild yeah did your episode have claudia as your host no um hold on maybe you know i don't learn names let me go back to what she's like brown hair dark brown hair claudia yes she's the best i know her from britain's best home cook Chef, cook. <laughs> it's it's like the newer Mary Berry show after Mary Berry left Bake Off. Okay, which is also a delight, and she's like an extremely good host for these types of shows. So I was very happy to see her. I don't think she was like totally in her element. No, she seemed completely clueless, and like I know that they do that with hosts in these shows, so that mm-hmm. it's like the audience proxy. Yeah, but she seemed like actually lost. Yeah, she gets like. She grows over time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I also would be lost because, like, the two judges are, like, actual professionals. Yeah. yeah. Like, one guy runs, like, a designer sewing something, place. Something. Yeah. Whatever, clothing line. Whatever. And the other one is, like, a professional sewing tutor, I guess. She's a costume so these- designer. Yeah, so they're, like, real sewing people. <laughs> sewing tutor. <laughs> no, that's literally what it, they keep talking about. Oh, how, really? And it says right here, yeah. Um, her bio in the show is that she's, like, the best sewing teacher in the UK. Oh. Because she, like, hosts professional sewing hmm. classes and, like... And on Wikipedia right here, it says... Can't tutor. argue with Wikipedia. <laughs> Can't... Tutor. Can't argue. All right. I pay attention. All right. <laughs> Anywho, I Anywho. too would be lost talking to them about yeah. tailoring. Mm-hmm. I did learn about cutting on the bias. See, I, I still don't understand it. That was a new bad thing that seemed terrible that I would never do. Yeah, and I have spoken to several of my sewing friends about it, and none of them can explain it to me either. Mm. So... It was something about the fabric goes this way, so you go the same yeah, way or the a, opposite way. I don't know. There's a grain of the fabric, yeah. and no one can explain to me which way the grain actually goes, because <laughs> the patterns always say either cut with the grain or against the grain, and it has to do with, like, whether or not it ends up rolling. Yeah, and, like, where like the on stretch. Knits, you always want to yeah. go with the grain so that it doesn't mm-hmm. roll up on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to, like, go with the stretch. Like, you want the stretch to either be horizontal or vertical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I did learn from one of my sewing friends that if you're making leggings, you want 
um, the stretchiest side of the fabric to be the on the vertical. Because if the stretchiest side is on the horizontal, that's what makes the leggings fall down all the time. Because they want to sink to their stretchiest part. Sure. I can only tell you what I've been told. Like, so they go like... <laughs> yeah, that's why they it. fall down off your hips. Because they're trying to, like, find their stretchy bits. I haven't had leggings fall down because <laughs> my proportions are too weird. My, I constantly have leggings falling down. <laughs> I have never had leggings fall down in my life. I, I They either do or they don't. Like, it's extremes. Like, mm. either I can't keep them up or they're fine. Um, But my sewing friend swears that it's about the fabric. Hmm. I don't know. Well, let me tell you, those $12 Old Navy leggings don't fall down. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I have, well, so I, we're not here to talk about leggings, but I do no. have two pairs of Eddie Bauer leggings, and one of them is, like, incredible, and I would wear them into war, and the other <laughs> pair, like, I cannot keep up to save my life, and they're the same size, so it's not a fit issue. That's they, so funny. It's just, like, they have different personalities. Fabric, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And actually, I have two pairs of, I can't remember what the brand name is, it starts with a Z, and they sell them at Nordstrom, and they're, like, a, they have, like, a cult following, in the legging world. Um, But I have two pairs of them, and I'm obsessed with both of them, but one pair sags way more than the other. Mm. But I live with it because they have thigh pockets. Oh, sure. And I need to have a talk with anybody who designs women's clothing because we need to talk about thigh pockets. Yeah. Maybe? When women unionize, I'm putting that in the contract. I don't know if I want a thigh pocket. I love a thigh pocket. I love a thigh pocket. Not I like have a leggings pocket. in the back pocket, and those I liked a lot. But see, your phone falls out of your back pocket sometimes, and then you can't sit down. Like, you have to remember to take your phone a, out every time you sit down. Back, I don't have a back pocket problem. Okay, well, maybe I have a bigger butt than you. I don't know. <laughs> maybe all of our pants are different. <laughs> maybe every person is a unique creature with their own needs and hopes and dreams <laughs> the union will allow any kind of pocket as long as there is a pocket <laughs> uh, but yeah. anyway this is all actually an argument for sewing your own clothes as it turns out see this show made me think that I definitely don't want to get into sewing <laughs> I think like I think it's just not for me, and I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I sew, and I feel like sewing isn't totally for me, but it's also very powerful. Sure. I feel very powerful being able to be like, this is whatever fucking size I wanted it to be. <laughs> you mm. can't tell me how to live. Yeah. You know? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's I can't be trusted to even finish the sleeves on my own sweaters, so like I'm not ready to be well, making more clothes for myself. Sewing is a, so much faster than knitting. Like yeah, it you is. get instant gratification mm-hmm. in a way that you don't with knitting, and like you get gratification out of knitting that you definitely don't get with sewing. Right. But there is a little bit more instant gratification in sewing for me, anyway. I think my other issue with sewing would be that I use knitting as, like, something to do while I watch TV, and that would be yes. harder. It is harder. I've tried. And every time I've tried, I've made some kind of significant goof. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's what I've learned. Thank you, Great British Sewing Bee. <laughs> <laughs> sewing will now not be one of your hobbies. Yeah. 
I'll leave that to you. I did finally learn what a dart is, which is helpful because they come up in patterns all the time. And, like, I've never made one, but I keep reading about darts. And it's I'm when like, the fabric, like, folds in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly you use them, like, where I see them the most is in busts. Mm-hmm. Because it, like, makes it fold around the boob the right mm-hmm. way. Yes. And I haven't made that many shirts. And the shirts that I have made have been with knit fabric, so I haven't needed mm-hmm. d- um, darts because it's just stretchy. Right. You don't need, like, pointy boobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to do, like, geometry with right. spandex. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, any, um, any other thoughts about sewing bee? The only random thing I was going to say, just because I was thinking about the geometry of it all, is that they, like, because they're, you know, pointing out the fit of the clothing and stuff, they're, like, constantly touching the model's bodies. Oh my god, constantly. And, and like, it's fine, because that's, like, the thing. But, like, no one addresses it, so they, like, full-on cup people's boobs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody just lets it happen. There's no point at which they're like, I'm going to touch the seam and then put their hands on the model. They're just like, do you see the dart? The fabric has to go around your body. (laughs) (laughs) This is fine. This is fine. (laughs) And the models are not professional models. They're just like randos who signed Mm. up for the show. Mm -hmm. And you can always see them flinch. Oh, yeah. They're very (laughs) awkward. They're never expecting it. No. (sighs) Yikes. Yeah. I like it. I I mean, I say this about a lot of shows and then don't have time, but, like, Mm. I would watch more of it. I didn't have the spiritual or emotional connection that I had with Keith Brimer Jones. Correct. Correct. I'm, well, so this is not, this is like you turn on the hotel TV and it's on. Yeah. Different kind of different TV. Different level. Different level. Yeah. This is like, I'm cleaning my kitchen at 1130 at night and I just need someone to keep me company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is like, it's nap time and I have to download 215 PDFs because of a life choice I made. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to make some life choices, like telling us how great you think our life choices are, mm-hmm. you can contact us <laughs> on Twitter at HateWatch with us, or you can email us at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com. You can f- click the contact button on our website, probably uh, HateWatchWithUs.com, or... You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell us the height of the tallest person you would sew for. Whoa. (laughs) You know, the trick is that the taller they are, the more fabric it uses. I know. So but many our reviews yards. can only be about heights, so here we are. That's true. That's true. The tallest person you would sew for. Um, you can also leave us a five-star review with your favorite pattern site, projector files only. Wow. Yeah. Kirstie's just corrupting. 
corrupting our corrupting. reviews. Corrupting for my own personal uses. Wow. The only projector show so on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck paper patterns. Truly. Anyway. Um, I do think that would be a fun element for them to try to add to the Great British Sewing Bee, because calibrating a projector is easy enough, but I bet, like, the Queen of Sewing Bee, Anne, couldn't have done it. So. I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> this is a real-time reaction that we, we got a new review, and it's time to start. We did! What's it say? That looks like a text! This What's is a great say? review. From Monday, from Nick Nick. Hi, Nick Nick. Um, it says, Kirstie and Kelsey are two best friends with a love for reality shows and counting how many Vanessa's Hudgens there will be on Netflix each year. They periodically do Pilot Palooza, where they try a variety of shows. This is usually where they show where the word hate, where hate watch comes from in their program. I prefer when they fall head over heels for a show, though. I've gotten a few of my own comedic obsessions from their reviews and have even watched a musical about hockey. Try it. You might discover your own fave new show. (laughs) This is the best. Oh my god, I might cry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh my god, you guys have never heard a real-time reaction, but this is what happens on Slack. <laughs> we would have sent so many 911. This would have been like a straight-up 911 situation. Oh my god, that was so nice. This is really great. <laughs> I'm so happy. My heart is so full right now. My heart hasn't been this full since someone told us that our friendship shined through every episode. Every episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. You guys are so nice to us. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like all the friendship. Oh, they actually oh. watched score a hockey musical. I'm so happy. I know. This is so I great. I swear every time someone watches Square a Hockey Musical, an angel takes themselves lightly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, well, um, we, we're also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network. <laughs> Bet you didn't know we were still in the outro, huh? <laughs> and that's a network of shows, also by very nice people. Um, and you can find them over at Thought Bubble FM on Twitter, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, thoughtbubbleaudio.gmail.com, and you can also find them on Patreon. I'm just, you know what? I can fly because I take myself lightly right now is (laughs) what I can say. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so appreciative. Well, thank you for so much for listening specifically to Nick Nick 2015. Thank you, Nick Nick 2015. Thank you to everyone who downloads this stupid podcast. <laughs> thank you to the Great British Sewing Bee and all of the dumb reality television <laughs> that we've gotten because of shows like it. Yes. We will see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.